We want a movie data cube, guys. Yeah, movie data cube. It's November 29, 2023, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 171. And doing the double barrel breakfast, I'm Abel Kirby. And chaining up my tires, I'm Cold Acid. Jeez, you got smacked with the snow, I heard. Yeah, the white shit's finally arrived. I was joking, it snowed so much you could get trapped in your car. They gotta make a car where the doors open inward, so you get, you don't get stuck if you have to sleep in there, like if you're homeless. Hold on, that would work the other way, because then with all the snow, you wouldn't be able to get out. No, no, if, if the doors so open still, out... You, so instead of, instead, no, the doors do open out. If the I know. doors open in, then you can get into the vehicle so you won't freeze to death, but you'll starve to death because all the snow will come back <laughs> and you won't be able to open the doors. But no, it's, if the doors open inward, then it, they, uh, they can't snow you in. You can always open the door. It's like if you have a cabin and it's way up north, if the door opens outward, you can get stuck because you'll never be able to get the door open. If the door opens inward, at least you can dig your dig a tunnel out. You know what I mean? I don't know. So, but, but you got to get a car. If you're homeless, you need a car where the doors open in. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's a great idea. They make doors that open up, right? Why can't you make doors that open in? Hey, why don't we make doors that open down? <laughs> can the car just have an ejection seat and we can fly out of there? Okay, I, I will agree to that. Ejection <laughs> seats are pretty fucking awesome. Wow. There's been some crazy happenings. No snow in Ohio. Maybe a couple of flurries, but uh, it's yeah, been... Yeah, it, it's coming. It'll get you, too. Oh, it's been cold. It, it did snow a little earlier this year, but uh, it's um, you can feel it. It's coming. Uh, People it's, are still driving like it's summertime here, fucking idiots. Yeah. Well, I've been enjoying this tiny warm spell today by going out, and I actually was around town a little bit. I actually had breakfast at a local... That's not really a local thing. It's a chain called Bob Evans. Have you ever heard of that? Never heard of him. But yeah, it's just a restaurant, like a Denny's kind of thing. Uh, and anyway, so I got my eggs, whatever. And I go outside, and right as I'm walking out the door, you know what I see standing right by the doorway? This old guy comes around the corner, and he takes out two cigarettes, double barrel, and lights them both, and he's just smoking two at the same time. He's in flavor country. <laughs> he's in flavor country. They must have been, what? What do you think was the most flavorful cigarette? <laughs> Was it Camels? I don't know. A Winston. I don't know. They're Winstons, because Winston tastes good like a cigarette should. That that must have been what it was. <laughs> no, be. I've never seen that. I've never seen someone actually double barrel. Uh, I've heard the joke before, right? But just seeing someone casually do that in the middle of the morning was a little bit, uh, it was a, an interesting time. Uh, he, filtered. He needed his, he needed his fix. He Bar needed his nicks. Baron... <laughs> Baron Spud the Mighty said filtered or not. I think they were filtered. Maybe that's why he had two. Maybe. <laughs> so, double barrel mornings, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been a kind of crazy week. Um, I just want to say it's we're two for two right now. Two for two uh, on Rare Encounter. That is two shows and two cars exploding you got on another, show day. Yep, absolutely. What exploded this time? Where? In Ohio, in a uh, 
in a town called Hillsboro today, they had an auto shop that just exploded. They were working on a car and the car blew up. And I mean, it blew up. Like, hold on. This is news to me. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm breaking it on the show. This was earlier today. Did it I, just explode? Well, I don't like know. Since I, since I printed out your notes? No, it, it exploded today around noon, I think. Oh, well. I did put it in my notes, if that's it's, it's not. It's not really breaking news anymore, then, is it? Well, it's still breaking for you. You haven't heard of it yet. But this is... No, that's true. Okay. I'll, I can link the MSN article in chat, and people can take a look at that. But this is an Ohio auto shop, and it's, like, devastation, okay? Um, we, we kind of sidestepped the explosion last week because it was thought to be terrorism that day. <laughs> and it turns out it was just a... I, maybe a drunk driver that it was terrorism a, i i was saying i was saying from the beginning it wasn't terrorism it was a bad driver yeah i know I you, right. you said that but the the news cycle was kind of scary so we didn't talk about it but now that we know it was just a car exploding not a big deal guys uh, we can bring that not up a and, big deal. Just a couple a couple of people dead no no nothing to see here you know like frank drebin there in front of the fireworks factories is going up nothing to see here Yep. So this is Jimbo's Auto Repair in Hillsboro, which is um, closer to Cincinnati it than it is here. It sounds like the sort of place that would get exploded. And did you see this picture, Cold? I'm, I'm looking at the picture in the article, and like, yeah, it looks like the building has actually collapsed and the roof is now on fire. Yeah, they haven't figured out what caused this yet, but it's it's a was a huge explosion. It was like pop pop. Like they had shaking buildings down the down the street and everything it's very very uh it's sudden and unexplained and everyone wants to know if, if it's an electric vehicle or not or what like what's going on that makes the cars explode these days yeah he probably he probably somebody probably was like holding holding like the battery cells apart with a screwdriver and then accidentally <laughs> let go it's the, it's the demon battery pack is what you're saying exactly <laughs> mr fission you don't want that. Get Mr. Fusion. Yeah. Well, we hope Jimbo is okay after this. I do think some people died in that, so I don't want to make too uh, much. Three people apparently died. Yeah. I don't know if and Jimbo. fourth still in hospital. We don't know if Jimbo's okay or not, uh, but we'll yeah. find out. We're praying for you, Jimbo. We're, hey, we're, we're holding it up for you, Jimbo. We think you'll pull through. Oh, man. So besides that, let's see, um, we were going to talk about some car problems. Oh, no, it was a phone. You lost your phone. <laughs> yeah, I lost my phone. I, I mean, like, I knew where it was in a general sense. It was in it was in the Rogue. Yep. I just couldn't find it. Now, I tried to help, by the way. I did call your phone. A little late, but yes, you did. <laughs> I did call your phone as soon as I saw you post that. I was going to leave a message saying, hey, I'm just trying to help you find your phone. I'll call back five more times. Hey, you weren't the but, only one who who, uh, who called to try to help me. Uh-oh. Uh you had people calling yeah. in? I had, I mean, like, I had my brother call me. I called him <laughs> thanks to thanks to the phone being connected to the Bluetooth. But because it was on vibrate, I couldn't I couldn't like tell where the phone really was when he caught <laughs> oh, it. And uh, Carolyn Blaney tried as well. Oh wow. But uh but yeah. After I got home, I got out a flashlight and I I found where it was. It did <laughs> So where was so, it? Where was it? You you're I'm in suspense. It was between it was between the chair and the center console. 
Okay, yeah. Likely place. Right, hey. at, right at the bottom, like, tuck, tucked between, like, the uh, the adjustment rail and the center hump. You know, they make a car chair, um, like a, a filler for that gap that you can put in, and it stops things from falling in. Have you ever seen those? No, I haven't. There's it a, sound, sounds like it would be useful to have as, like, a standard fucking feature. Yeah, it's called a seat gap filler. I've seen the infomercials for this. Uh, Drop Stop is the name of one of the products. Yeah, normally, normally I don't have this problem Drops because up. normally my phone goes in the cup holder. I see. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? Um, we're going to talk about data cubes. I got a rundown. Let's see. I have don't forget the croc and penis. I've got that. That's in my notes. Yeah. Um, we get double barrel. We need to talk about data cubes at some point. Um, I've been having node problems. For the show, I got that fixed. That's all I'll say about it. Uh, SD dwarves, cards. Storves. Uh, I, I'm interested in this well-touched butt, though, that you have in your notes. <laughs> all right, let's start. Right with the well-touched butt. Found today in a thrift store. <laughs> the only Did picture I it? have. I didn't buy it. No, it, it oh, wasn't. Oh, you should have bought it. I know. I was going to talk about it on the show. I just took a picture of it. And if you, you know, you know what you could have done. If you'd bought it, you could rub the butt for good luck every morning. <laughs> this is an Olympic class butt. It's ready it for is. rubbing. <laughs> no, this. Yeah, me, I mean, like, let me describe this for the listeners. Uh, this is a little statuette of an Olympian throwing a about to throw a discus and it was from the 1990s olympics uh, not 90s but it was one of the olympics in the 90s i can't remember the year uh whatever whichever one was in atlanta uh or it was in georgia i can't remember the, if it was actually in atlanta or not but anyway it was so a bit, bit of memorabilia from that and the statue or statuette i don't know what you properly call it um is completely worn out on this guy's butt so it's a naked athlete and uh, in, in a action pose. So you can see over the years, for the last uh, 20-something years, this has been sitting on someone's shelf, and they've been rubbing that butt. And it is shiny. Like, that is a shiny hiney on that discus-throwing statue. He is, uh, it's, cop it's like copper-colored underneath, so the statue is normally black. You'll see it in the show notes, guys. But uh, someone was also touching the muscles you can see on his arm. Yeah, there's a little bit of a little bit of uh, shininess on the uh, on the throwing arm muscles, <laughs> but I mean, you definitely can tell somebody somebody has been massaging that gluteus maximus. <laughs> yes, um, so uh, that's not going to make it into my my mantle collection, but uh, but uh, I did enjoy the fact it's that it was shame. there. It's from the Centennial Olympics. Yeah. You, I, I'm just going to have to stick with it because if I admit that I regret buying it, I'm just going to live a life of regret. So no regrets. That's how I roll. That means okay. I have to convince myself I didn't really want it. <laughs> uh, I, oh, I just man. know that if I was there, I would have bought it. Um, what about data cubes? You were asking me about data cubes on the yeah, uh, I, I social don't fucking, I don't fucking get all this like data cube data warehouse data lake data dick stuff what the fuck is a data lake data dick i can know what a data I, cube I, is I, fucking that's what i'm asking man 
Like, I don't even know, I don't even understand this data cube thing, and apparently those have been around since, like, the 90s. They've been away. But now they got, like, <laughs> data warehouses, and data lakes, and data this, and data that, and data the art style that <laughs> isn't art, apparently. All right, data, data cubes have been around since way before that. They've been around since at least the 60s um, in digital form, and they, they're they used they all the- Were they square then, too? No, they were cubic. They were cuboids. <laughs> um, data cubes are kind of interesting. They the the word cube sort of implies that all the sides are equal, but often they have different domains. Like it's basically a three D array, and it, oh, it's so they're not data. So then they're not data cubes. They are data cubes. They are data rectangular prisms. <laughs> they they could be rectangular prisms. Uh, so like there's some common examples. Uh, it's it's really anytime you have a 3D array, you can call it a data cube. And then if you go in, like over the last decade, there's been a lot of people, and I, I looked at some of these articles that about it, and they're, they're like, oh, a data cube is a spe- special type of, we use it for business process intelligence and all this bullshit. And it's like, no, it's a 3D array. Or it's a database that, that has uh, three axes of navigation, and which is a 3D array, right? So, yeah. The okay. elements, the elements in it could be like a, a temperature measurement or something. So let's say I had a planar, you know, uh, temperature sensors in an X Y grid, right? I have two dimensions right there. I could index into them and, and find, you know, an index, you know, I J. Uh, there's some location, and then I could be tracking it over time, right? And so now I have I three dimensions I J K. That's an example of some uh, data cube kind of topography for storing data. Um, okay, so then why is this like such a such a big fucking uh, data uh, business intelligence and all this fucking? Because they have nothing better that. to write about. It's been okay, used for now, scientific measurements. Okay, like, and now okay, fine. Then okay, what about these data warehouses? Warehouses full of data cubes? <laughs> like, fuck, are they fucking like stacked like like a fucking like warehouse? like an Amazon distribution center, but it's all fucking, it's all fucking arrays. I guess. I mean, even the stuff they claim is like, oh, here's the special, uh, the special stuff we do with data cubes. You know, it's, it's when we, we have a big multidimensional data set and we can only load a part, part of it in memory at a time. But even that they were doing back in the sixties, like you're reading from tape, dude, you store, we store data cubes on tape. Once a, I didn't personally, obviously, but it it was done right. So all of this novel shit they they're claiming, like it, this was this is all old hat, uh, at least to the scientific sector. So whatever. So all of the, so all of this shit is shit that can just be done with a fucking SQL database, essentially. You could do it in anything. It's just a three D array. Man, why do they have to make it so complicated be- then? Because they have nothing to write about. They have Fuck nothing. Them. I'll give them something to write about. <laughs> yeah, it's um, very, very common to get three, four, you know, as soon as, like, if you're working with uh, electromagnetic waves, like I often do, you end up with, oh, well, you know, we'll have a dimension for different polarization directions. We'll have dimensions for motion and linear motion, rotational motion. You can end up taking a... Um, physical object and making measurements of it that map into like four or five D space. 
And uh, not that you actually think about things in 4 or 5D space. It's just some of the dimensions are time. Some of the dimensions are um, rotation about an axis. But you want to you, you end up with really over-determined systems that way. Like you realize that some of those points are redundant. But when you go and you measure, you know, from uh, – it exposes a bunch of systematic errors if you have over-determined systems and you try and, you know, analyze them. You'll realize, oh, you know, I, I tested – this should be – this combination of uh, this combination of inputs should give me the same output as this other combination of inputs, right? And you you assume that these things are going to happen. And you find out they're a little different, and so there's you analyzing those differences uh, can can be very informative. Can, can we have can we have data quaternions? Yeah, but quaternions are a little different. Those are um, that's a extension of the okay sorry complex data plane. hypercubes yes data hypercubes you can have a you can have a data cube whose um uh the element you know the 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 cell inside the um inside the lattice is a quaternion there's no problem with that okay <laughs> like um let's say i had i wanted to represent a bunch of points when, as when quaternions you to, when you when you go past when you go past the hypercube the the tesseract what do you go to then what's the next one up the bar that's where i go to <laughs> like the drinking okay. bar yeah that yes <laughs> i don't know i i stop giving him names it's just well first you, you can get into a trap where you say hey you got you know seven ten dimensions and in, inside this array it's like dog that's too many oh here we here we go i i i've I had checked the book of knowledge and I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing like an orthoplex. Yeah. I've never yeah. heard that word, but it sounds right to me. I'll agree with it. So you can have, you can have a data and orthoplex if you have like even more dimensions of your data. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's some pretty and cool. It's all, and it's all just fucking, it's all just fucking dick waving by lazy, uh, by lazy DBA magazine writers. Like the original, the hard work, what I consider to be the hard work, is when you start saying, oh, I have a um, N-dimension matrix, and I want to do something with it, like I want to do a matrix divide. Or I want to, yeah. you know, or I want to efficiently do an element multiple multiplication with some other n dimension matrix of the same size. And so how do I get stuff out of RAM and process it and then stuff it back into so I want to read from a disk chunks at a time, efficiently process it and then write it. Those kinds of algorithms were pretty interesting, but I think they were all figured out like in the 70s and 80s like when the first blasts were made because that was the whole point of a blast. A, a basic you know, linear I never algebra really heard system. A, I never even saw like in the in the popular literature about data cubes before Excel brought in the pivot shit. Yeah, I've never understood pivot tables, and I, I'm sure that they do something that's not <laughs> difficult to to understand. Uh, I've just never, I've just never those, paid attention those to again it. Again, were essentially like a three dimensional table, a pivot, and that table. you just had like some special ui features in excel so that you can like rotate around this 3d table in a in like a 2d spreadsheet mm. okay yeah i knew it was the trade name for something that that would otherwise be you know something you could do in any of you know if you're writing code you could do it yourself like it's not something special it's a trade name for something but 
Um, never really knew what it was until now. Okay. Okay. So now we, now we, now we've we lost the audience. <laughs> yeah. Do we know? Uh, I know that knowing is half the battle, but I think we've lost. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, go read, uh, go write some Fortran and it'll all make sense. Fortran? Dude, I have COBOL books on my bookshelf. I should try writing COBOL. COBOL. Yeah. And then I could work for a bank. <laughs> One of my first, I never did COBOL. Um, I have done Fortran professionally, and it was basically, here's a bunch of Fortran scripts we've been using since the 80s. Uh, convert them to MATLAB for us. Rewrite them in MATLAB. And that was, <laughs> that was, hey, intern. <laughs> hey, intern, yeah. go do this shit for us. Oh, man. So it would have been, it would have been Fortran 77. It was probably written in then. Not even Fortran 90. It was a mix. Some of it was, and some of it was Fortran. I actually should say some of it was uh, Tickle also. I'm trying to remember oh. what the, ver I, if I ever knew what version that was. control language. Yeah, it was, some of those scripts were from, were in Tickle, and I had to learn a little Tickle. Tickle, Tickle. Tickle, Tickle. There's my Tickle you know, sound. You know, that's what, uh, Tickle TK is what, uh, is what the Git GUI, uh, that comes out of box with Git uses. Yes. And um, in Python, there's a, there's a kind of UI yeah. primitive. Tick enter. Tick enter. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That uh, I've, I've used to make little ones, single use tools. It's pretty. Yeah. Uh, IRC, Gen... IRC2 and uh, BitchX use Tickle for scripting. Cotton Gin was ragging on me for using the uh, Tick enter. Uh, he wanted me to use, just like use some modern library. And then I went and looked at it. It's like, hey, it takes more commands to do the same thing. <laughs> to make a <laughs> to make a button that runs a function, right? I'm at the yeah. how I want the minimum number of uh, of lines of code I have to type out to click a button, have a function happen. So I stuck with it. Yeah, makes sense. Let's see. We've got. I mean, I I, I tried I tried eons ago, like in a past life, essentially, uh, doing some GUI stuff in Perl, and that again was using uh, TK. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a uh, sensible me trying to do anything with tickle, uh, not so much. And yet, yet I can wrap my head around Rex, which is essential, which is essentially a, uh, a cruftier IBM, uh, equivalent of tickle. <laughs> Cotton just rolling his eyes in, uh, in chat. I, he says, interesting. Yeah. Oh well. Wow, we are nerding it up. Let's uh, let's switch topics. Okay. Well, my I have a couple topics which are even worse, so maybe we'll skip those for now. We can do um, bad CGI Gator movie. Yeah, yeah. All right. Set up this film. Did you see this trailer? No, I didn't watch the trailer. Yet. Oh, do you want to watch it? Why don't you Why don't you play it in the background while I talk about it? Is dim the volume a little bit? There you go. So this is Bad CGI Gator is the name of the movie. And it's a kind of comedy horror movie set where it's like some uh, college students. They got the Airbnb for the for the summer vacation. And it's like someone they throw like their MacBook in the water or some shit in it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, they uh, they turn a, a gator into a bad CG gator. We got Chad's chads and stacy's they're they're so hateable it's awesome 
Yeah, cheers to Gen Z, guys. And, uh... But their sexy plans... <laughs> yep, there goes the laptop into the lake. Yeah, and it has a reptile dysfunction. Yeah, and the... <laughs> and this gator comes out, and the gator is bad CGI. Okay, I'm done. And bad sound effects, too. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it just eats them all. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> I wonder if we get to see the titties at all. Oh, I'm sure. It's, it's flying! Yes, it's a flying alligator. Alligator stuff. Just it's just like... The air, circling the corpse of our best friend. My fucking SEAL Team 6, bro. <laughs> this guy, too. Six. He's too he's much. he's got a fucking katana? Yes. Oh my god. It's definitely the kind of movie where you cheer for the alligator. Yeah. Low quality monster. <laughs> Throwing an armor. It's yeah. gotten even bigger. It just gets bigger and bigger and, and bigger. Yeah, yeah. Closing closing the uh closing the blinds is all it takes to to, to like save yourself. Apparently. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm down with this movie. Please tell me, please tell me this is, they, they are actually making this. This isn't just a, a joke trailer. No, this is 2023. Uh, this movie is, did it, I put it in my notes like two weeks ago. I'm trying to find out if it's out yet or not because I can't remember what the release date is. Uh, but yeah, it's a real movie. Shit this, rating. This is, the sort, this is the sort of shit that like, that like I'd grab for my uncle to watch because he loves he loves the B movie to Z movie stuff. Apparently, it came out November was it November twenty four? I'm having trouble getting the uh, truth out of IMDb, which is a website that used to be good, but now has to load so many bullshit elements, you can't even see what data movie's coming out because and, it wants well, you to that's show. Also, because they fucking hide all the information unless you pay Amazon money for it. Yeah. Uh, instead, they want to tell me about perfect power couples and the top 10 most popular Indian stars of 2023. Guys, we don't care about that shit. It, I mean, the name is like the the movie database database, you fuckers at Amazon. Yeah, try and give us the data. We want a movie data cube, guys. Yeah, movie data cube. This is November twenty four is when it when it released, so it actually November twenty okay released on Friday. Awesome. So I have to get I have to get this for uh, for my uncle. Yeah, maybe that'll be his Christmas gift. Six college grads on spring break get a cabin, <laughs> and uh, this unknowingly turns a lurking alligator into the dreaded and insatiable bad CGI gator. They just lean into it. I like it. It's a movie that's that's long overdue. Yes. The okay. Ba, ba, da, ba, ba. So I got some screenshots of that. I I put inside the uh, the show notes, which were basically my favorite screenshots from the trailer. Excellent. Let's see. What do you got for stories? Oh well, uh, there was an interview that went onto the internet just recently. Okay. Uh. You were going to you were going to bring up a mention of it last week, but I wanted to talk a bit more about it uh, in this week's episode. Oh, the Longhorn. This is. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Dave Cutler interview. So, yeah. yeah, you just saw that. You just saw that Longhorn bit. But I actually I actually watched like the whole. Well, didn't watch really. I listened to the whole three hour interview. 
uh, between from uh, Dave and Dave. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the guy being interviewed is Dave Cutler. He essentially he cut his teeth uh, at uh, digital as the as the architect of various uh, operating systems and even the even the CPU architecture that uh, eventually became Alpha. Yeah, this is DEC right? is what you're talking about, the Digital yeah. Equipment Corporation, just yes. to be clear about it. Yeah, and so he, he, was, he, was behind, he was behind VMS, for example, and then, and then because of bullshit going on at Digital, he left and ended up working at Microsoft, where he went from VMS to WNT. Mm-hmm. Note that e- note that note that the the initials for Windows NT are each letter of VMS plus one. Oh no! Although that's just a coincidence. <laughs> that's what they say. But yeah, he was the guy. He was the guy who came up with the design of uh, Windows NT. And there's a lo- there's a lot of VMS isms in there once you know it. Do you know what uh, the NT stands for? I'm curious. New technology. New technology. Yes. Now the other guy, the interviewer, he's also Dave, except he's Dave Plummer, who's who's a former Microsofty. Now, uh, now Cutler, he's 81 years old and he still goes to work every day at Microsoft, and he's he's been like not just on Windows, he's worked on Xbox. And on and he's working these days on Azure stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Plummer was the guy who created the task manager and ported uh, Space Cadet Pinball to Windows NT. Yeah, like the section of the interview that I saw, which was the one I... Uh, it was in my notes some weeks ago and we never got to it. Uh, he yeah. was talking about the first time they got 64-bit commands running on at Microsoft for a 64-bit... They wanted to be able to run 32 or 64-bit programs on a 64-bit architecture. Yeah. And um, I guess they were doing that for server. I'm trying to remember exactly how the inter- how, how the story went. But they he had this yeah, great so, story. So essentially, essentially what what it was is like uh, before before Windows XP came out, they had already they had already forked the code for what would become server. 2003 right and uh and it was it was going great because it was still being run the way that uh that cutler had always run the development team for the nt kernel whereas uh whereas the xp stuff was just shitting everything up with security Uh, problems left and right not just security problems yeah uh Windows, hey. Windows 2000. Windows 2000 was done on the code, same code base as, well, I'm sorry, the workstation and the server were the same code base. So we went off to plan the next system. And the guy that's going to do the workstation is Chris Jones. And the guys that are planning the server is Dave Thompson's group. And Dave. they come back and say, Thompson says what's going to take it's going to take uh, three years for us to do the next server version. And Chris says, oh, I can't live with that. He says, consumers don't expect the quality that, that the server people do. <laughs> we can do it in a year and a half. So we said, well, 
we can't can't do that, right? We, so thereupon, we split the code base. The server went one way, and the consumer vision went the other way. It wasn't long before the consumer software hardly would build and hardly would run. In the meantime, the server branch, we fixed a whole bunch of server, oh, I'm sorry, security problems. Right. A whole bunch. And we might even done some security update, but there was a lot of stuff that went into the server um, effort to fix security bugs. And none of that stuff was fixed in the other one. Well, we finally shipped XP and XP was wildly successful, uh, but then, it, but it was buggy. But then there was a big um, turmoil about security. And that's about when the, um, the buffer overflow tax started. Right. Uh. And so we stopped. And in fact, the other thing was, as soon as they shipped um, XP, that became the code base for Longhorn, which was Vista. So they're continuing on with this buggy code base without all those security fixes in it. The server division basically is developing the server stuff and but fixing security problems. And in the meantime, in the middle of this, in the middle of this, sort of somewhere in here, I start this project that's a uh, it's a uh, off on the side that is the uh, X64 stuff. Okay. So AMD comes in and talks to us and talks to Rob Short and I and says, you know, um, we have some ideas on how to build 64-bit extensions to the x86 that will be very less intrusive and will allow us to run 32-bit applications at speed on the 64-bit machine. So, said, geez, that's pretty interesting. What have you got? Well, we got just a few ideas. And we said, well, you know, go away and come back and tell us what you want to do. So they come back and we look at it and say, this is great. This is great. I mean, it's like unbelievable. So I said, hey, we're going to do this. So we just set out to do this. There's, this is not a company-anointed project at all. And I say, we're using the server code base, and we're going to produce a 64-bit workstation, and we're going to produce a 64-bit server. Meantime, we got Longhorn over here still going. And its name is now morphed into Does It Matter Horn. <laughs> right. So it becomes Does It Matter Horn. And Alston, of course, he's my boss, and he's running Longhorn. I mean, he's responsible for that. And I'm Alshin, running this X64 thing. And the server group is, is you know, they're, they're off. They're shipping a system. And we're just using their code base. Well, we build, um, we get the X64 system running well enough. We get everything ported, and we have a simulator that allows us to simulate setup. And we simulate setup. It takes 24 hours, 24 hours. The simulator is called SimNow. And AMD finally ships us a system. It arrives at 12 noon. And they say, there it is. And we got a CD. And we walk over to that machine, plug the CD in, and boot the 64-bit system. The first time it's ever been tried, and it boots and runs, and it runs, and it doesn't fall over and bug check. You see, so yeah, uh, XP and Longhorn until the until the project reset and they started like 
rebuilding everything on top of the server code base again, right? Was like I I ran I ran both 2000 and XP on uh, on home computer uh, back in the early 2000s, and honestly, like even with the video games and everything, uh, 2000 was the better experience. Mm. And I want, not, and not just be, not just because not just because of the Fisher Price UI in XP, but it was just much more stable. Uh, all the all this stuff that well, most of the stuff that came out for XP in terms of like uh, add-ons and stuff were all also available for 2000, like DirectX and everything. And it was just it was just a much more stable platform. And so it's not that it's not so surprising that uh, the XP and original Longhorn code base was essentially given up and they just brought over what did work. Right. I just want to point out, he said it took 24 hours to uh, it run took 24 start. hours to run the to run the uh, setup. Yeah, yeah. But but that's that's on, that's on the simulator. That's right? cold acid. That's about 19 minutes in Microsoft time. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, I mean, that that's like 19 minutes to an hour in real time. When you're running when you're running when you're running a simulator uh, for a much for a much wider processor on a smaller one. Right. Oh, things are definitely going to be slower. Imagine trying to simulate an 8086 on a Z80 chip. Right. That's essentially what was going on there. They were they were simulating AMD's uh, planned 64-bit extensions to the x86 architecture on x86 computers, right? And so maybe some instructions you can dispatch as is, but any of those any of those 64-bit extension instructions, well, you've actually got to figure out what they would actually be doing and and do that yourself, right? And then the amazing thing is how is how like all the work where they're doing all the development uh, against these documents and a simulator, they ha they get an actual working system, they stick in the disk, the install and the system itself start running properly, perfectly first time. First time. No, that is first amazing. First time. That is that is that is like that is like nearly unheard of. Yeah, it never happens. And I mean, like, I mean, it's more likely to happen with software than with hardware. I mean, no, no chip, even these days, ever goes out in its first stepping, right? Mm -hmm. You always, you always find like there's some, there's some logic issue or, or there's like a couple, there's a couple of transistors that are too close to each other. And so there's like crosstalk screwing things up and you have to, you have to like, you do the layout, right? Yep. Well, I've got um, a couple of things. Anyway, we're we're running short before, on time. Before we move off from this, like I said, they, there's the full interview. The full interview is up on YouTube. Uh, Dave Plummer himself, he does. He has this whole channel, Dave's Garage, where he's doing interviews. He's talking about uh, different projects that he that he's done. Uh, his most recent, his most recent two videos, uh, one of them is a two hour interview with Raymond Chen, the, uh, 
the guru of backwards compatibility in Windows. And the other is about running a hundred copies of classic Doom on a Threadripper CPU. So a hundred copies of Doom running simultaneously on a, on a single 96 core, 192 thread CPU. <laughs> you know, doing only, a th doing only a hundred copies, I think, I think that's selling it short. Should do like one for each hardware thread. Now there was 192 a- 192 copies of Doom running simultaneously. There was one um, guy who got Doom running inside the Windows Task Manager CPU um display yeah i remember seeing that where he you had a grid of all the different uh cores um and what it would do is it would just turn one core on 100 to be you know a green pixel or it'd be at zero percent to be a white pixel and that's how and they displayed need, the graphics was in the task well, manager you need, need a thread ripper for that for the number of uh for the number of cores right because each one, each one of those boxes is a hardware thread when you have it in that mode. So you need to have enough, need to have enough uh, hardware threads to actually build yourself out uh, the the raster for that, right? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of cores. That's a lot of threads. There's a lot of threads. My dwarves don't even have that many threads. I have to trade for them. No, but at least is is Dwarf Fortress at least uh, multi-threaded these days? Well, you know, Dwarf Fortress. If you think about the map, it's actually a data cube. Ah! <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. No, I've been I've been playing the hell out of Dwarf Fortress. Still, I'm I'm still on the hostile territory. I try and get the I did the smallest embark that I could in the north, as north as I could go. There's no trees, no plants, and it's haunted. And I'm doing pretty well. I got 30 dwarves. I've been kind of stepping through it because it's very dangerous. But uh, I, I basically locked myself inside the mountain. <laughs> and uh, and I'm just slowly digging my way down through the heavy aquifer. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Fuck but, uh, aquifers. Oh, I, I love the challenge, though, when you get something that's just insurmountable in the game. And you have to, like, okay, I can build three beds and one of them's going in my hospital. <laughs> and uh i missed the trader the first time the traders came through i freaking missed him i was like oh shoot you know i couldn't trade for wood you know anyway well as, you know yeah if if it's a if it's not elf traders right then yeah okay it, it's a, it sucks when you miss them okay if it's the fucking if it's the fucking elves though you're better off without them so i've heard this tr trading wood with elves is a dangerous yeah it's uh it's suicidal even so the elves offered me stuff made out of wood yeah i know it's 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 kind of confusing uh i remember reading on the on the dwarf fortress wiki a while ago that uh there's like some sort of hand wave there's some sort of hand wave in the community though oh because they're elves they're able to they're able to make the trees grow in certain ways that these these wood products uh can come right off the trees no harm to the tree at all because they're because they're these fucking tree hugging pansies oh they're like right? steam bending the wood they're, they're wood benders wood right benders. yeah they're, they're <laughs> like 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 air benders but for trees hey you want to see some bent wood 
<laughs> I'll trade. Let's trade. Uh, I got. I, I got a. I got a nice. I got a nice bend in my wood. Whenever I see sheep. Man, did you see the new airdrop um thing extension? Uh, I forget what it's called now. Where you can bump your two iPhones together and it trades your uh your info with whoever you bumped into. No, I. That does not sound like something I would even I, bother looking into. I have the Neo Leo report on it on the privacy considerations. He did Ooh. a he did a report on it. I was gonna I almost clipped it for the show. I didn't know uh, we were, we're did gonna it, get there. Though? Well, it was all Apple shit. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fuck Apple. And it's the new iPhone. It's not applicable to anything I own. So, but yeah, and, and in the report, he points out, you know, there's some hysteria over this, but you it doesn't automatically send your contact info to anybody. You have to click accept. You know, it, it's uh. Otherwise, you have to go back to the old-fashioned way of trading, of, of using AirDrop instead of bumping your phones and trading. I can't remember what the damn feature is called now. But you have to go back to the old-fashioned way where, you know, you, you take a picture of your dick and you send it to everyone on the bus. Okay, well... That's well, the old way you do it. Okay, well, speaking of wood and dicks, there was another story that we bumped from last week uh, about about a guy named Johnson and and a little bit of work on his Johnson. <laughs> No. All right, we're gonna we're not gonna have time for I Spy. It's gonna well, get bumped. We'll have to... Okay, we're we're bumping I we Spy gotta, again. We gotta get this one though, man. We gotta get this one. Okay, we're gonna start just just so we know. Encounter one seventy two. We're gonna start with I Spy because this is a this is a game that has gotten so stale. It was funny <laughs> four weeks ago when we were talking about doing it, and it's not even funny anymore. So we gotta get it out of the out of the hopper. All right. I mean, we can we can go a little long. I mean, I mean, we had some. No, I gotta. Some... I gotta get out of here as soon as we get uh, to the end of this. Uh, again? Okay. Yep. Okay. Penis shock therapy. That's what we're talking about on Rare Encounter. Air horn, air horn, air horn. What are you doing there with the drops? That was because I was on my game show soundboard, and I because I was going to do a game and. And I hit those drops and hit the buttons were different. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Um, tech mogul Brian Johnson undergoes shock therapy on his ding dong. That's the story that's been bumped. Probably for good reason. I'm not sure I like talking about this. I don't know. It, it's uh, it's definitely a rear encounter sort of thing. Now, it's cold acid specifically told me, don't forget the croc and the penis before we started the show. So I did include it in the show. I even... <laughs> took the quotes out again uh but this is this tech mogul brian johnson according to the new york post undergoes shock therapy on his ding dong to get quote erections of an 18 year old <laughs> you don't need to to go through shock therapy to get erections from 18 year olds dude I'm just saying uh to get <laughs> to get uh, <laughs> all right Damn, moving on okay I, i'm looking at the article the treatment is painful, he said, describing the pain as a 7 out of 10, but a 9 out of 10 at the tip. Yes, they say the shocks, which are not electrical, work similarly to workouts by creating, quote, micro injuries that the muscle then rebuilds. Okay, I have a problem with this. The, he's describing this ding-dong massacre machine as similar to a workout. It's not like any workout I've ever seen. It, it's... <laughs> I mean, that's it's what they not, say. Yeah. It's it, it's similar to a workout. No, it's not. That's not what you do at the gym, dog. Now, okay, I 
the, there have been these commercials playing on the radio around here <laughs> about like about like boosting boosting your uh, your dick power, right? Oh, super male vitality. No, it's not. It's not that. It's it's like they get rid of blockages in in your dick's uh, blood sponge oh, by God. like using ultrasound or something. That sounds right? like a euphemism or uh, for some other kind of treatment. Is this in but a no, strip it's mall? Like, it's like yeah. it's like you know they're saying they're saying like acoustic wave technology, and it's like they will they will it will clear out it will clear out blots or you know the like blood clots in in that spongy material that. Uh, that gets hard when it gets full of blood. Yeah, we're gonna vibe your ding dong till you come. That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> well, from what I hear on the commercials, it sounds like they're giving your dick an ultrasound. Okay. Right until, and, I mean, that's how that's how they got rid of the stone when I had one caught in in my urethra. Oh God, that was a very painful experience. So I here's have you, they they. Right. I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling sick. I go to the doctor's office because like something's wrong. Right. I I nearly pass out in the bathroom there and take in a hospital in an ambulance from the doctor's office. Jeez. Right. Clutching, clutching, clutching my uh, clutching my rod the whole way. Right. It's the best ambulance like, I, ride. I, I fell over and I was like puking from the from the pain. Yes. I, uh, I've right. never puked from pain, but I've been, I've, uh, I, I understand how that feels because yeah, I've almost you, you, puked from pain. Like, I, I'm just saying this and like you, you are vicariously experiencing it, right? I've had the, like, the, when, like when you see, like when you see a video of a guy who gets hit in the nut, like you just like grab your own, like, uh, yes. Yeah. It wasn't a pleasant experience, but yeah, that's, a, that's essentially what they did. They, they. Use ultrasound to see like what's going on in there, and that ended up like uh, vibrating the stone apart. There's this technology I'm reading from the article. You have a wand, so okay, you have a wand, and you sit in a chair, and the technician uses the wand, and basically shocks your penis through acoustic technology. Johnson explained. You have maybe a wand. The the... Maybe it's the same thing or very similar, except I don't think it was a wand. I don't think. It... Like using a wand, that's a, that sounds kind of gay. Yeah, it's first he says you have a wand, and then the technician uses the wand. So, what, does he have his own wand? Are you just wanding each Maybe. other? They're they're like they're he's like he's like wanding the technician's dick while the technician's <laughs> wanding his. This god, <laughs> this sounds like it is happening in a massage parlor. Yeah, this is oh, what man. people will do. What people will do to keep their youth. Yeah. I've been shocked by the results, he says. Yeah, okay. Uh, we don't need to read more. All right, there's your... Uh, remember, don't forget the croc and the penis. We did both the croc and the penis. Uh, yeah. Too bad there's no movie called Bad CGI Ding Dong. What do you mean, too bad? Thank God, more like. <laughs> that would be a, a, the obvious porn parody. Bad <laughs> CGI Ding Dong. And, it, and it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a CGI penis. It's like the snack. <laughs> the snack it's uh it's a subway sandwich 
No, like you ever heard? There's like a snack called. No, I know. Yeah, it's uh like the 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 Swiss roll kind of thing. No, ding dongs. Those are circular cakes. Yeah, I guess they're cylinders. Really, (laughs) they're squat cylinders. They're right. They're right squat cylinders. (laughs) Can we get more specific? At least we know what they're shaped like. Yep. Okay. Um. I think the right part means that all of the uh, all of the triangles point out. Is that it? If you had a ding dong, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> if you're if you have a ding dong uh, and the triangles I, I'm point not in on wanding one anytime soon, if you're if you have your ding dong and the triangles point in, call a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> doc, doc, my triangles are backwards. I need to flip my normal doctor, doctor, doctor. Give me the news. <laughs> doctor Fong. <laughs> I got a bad case of reverse triangle. <laughs> <laughs> doctor Fong, help me. My shading's backwards. <laughs> I'm shaded on the inside. <laughs> oh, God, we are such nerds. God, let's do some podcasts and get out of here. Yeah. Uh, Hog Story podcast rundown <laughs> on Rare Encounter. Hog Story with uh, John and Carolyn had their episode 379 on Monday. Octorinos was the name of that. And they had a, a actually an interesting discussion about Barrios. Did you hear that? The Barrio yeah, business? Yeah, Sabarios. Sabarios. I saw a <laughs> sign for... The plate. The pizza barrio. I drove by a sign for Sabarios today, and I saw and I thought about that. Just so you know, it's infectious. <laughs> but I was thinking, it, it, in American Idiot, the Green Day album that apparently I like and no one else in the world does, there's I, a... I did say I don't like it. I just think it wasn't as good as Dookie. And it was a it was a real changing moment for them. What I'm saying is in the Barrio mystery, okay, that album gave us a little nugget, a little clue that's been missing. So we have a couple instances of Barrio. You know, Rob Thomas was talking about Barrio. Okay, Green Day gives us a little clue because in that album, he says, we're back in the Barrio. And to you and me, that's Jingle Town. So now we know the barrio is Jingle Town. Jingle Town. Jingle Town. Jingle Town. Okay. You, now, do you know what Jingle Town means? Because I have no fucking idea. Uh, uh, a village where you where you like jingle your balls. <laughs> it sounds like the barrio is where Santa lives. Yeah. <laughs> Santa in the barrio. <laughs> Behind the schemes. Uh, also, didn't have an episode, but there was something I wanted to mention. Um, Boobery was doing music, but he wasn't just doing music. He was doing videos of music where he would play music. And there was a video of him on value for value. And it was working in, um, Podverse. Cool. Like it was a video stream that was boost enabled and I boosted it and it worked. It was pretty fucking awesome. Nice. That does sound pretty cool. So, uh, they've been busy. I didn't see an episode though. Um, I think they were supposed to have Sir Seat Sitter on too. I was going to do a Pokemon show with Sir Seat Sitter. That was supposed to be this past weekend, but we didn't. Uh, I think it's deferred until tomorrow, so we'll see if it converges then. Um, Grumpy Old Ben's had an episode today. Pornado 238. That sounds sexy. Yeah, Pornado. Um, I'm glad to hear they're back on it. Uh, I've not heard that episode yet. It happened during the day, so I didn't have a yeah, chance yeah, to listen same. to it. Um, and Bowl After Bowl, episode 285, It's Her Channel. That's with Spencer and Lorian. 
It's her channel and she'll stream if she wants to. Stream if she wants to. Stream if she wants to. All right. And if we keep no. pushing this off, we're going to end up with uh, I Spy Won't Happen Until Encounter 175, which is the maybe big that's one. The big, maybe. No, that's not going to be the big reveal. Well, no, it's not. I, we're, it's just going to have to fold into that eventually if we keep kicking the can. <sighs> maybe well, we'll see. We'll see what we get into next week. Yeah, we're, I owe people a lot of Game of the Weeks. So I wanted to do a lot of Game of the Week, so we're going to have to find a way to fit, I think, multiple ones in the same show now. Because we're just, there's, you know, it's... The the Rare Encounter Game Show Special. <laughs> it could be, could be. Um, I think that's all we can fit in today. I, I see we're coming up on time. We had a little hiccup in the middle, but uh, we're sort of limited here. I think we're going to have to pull it. All right. Yep. All right, well, until next time, remember, 175, you won't make it out alive. But until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Uh, stay fruity, boys. Adios. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't sad?